Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Podcast here in Canterbury. This week we'll be talking about the new Stephen Frears film, Florence Foster Jenkins. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Jenna Hobbs. How are you, Jenna? Hiya. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Good. Good to be back. Yeah. It's been a long hiatus. I know, you've not been here for ages. Yeah, I've missed the Jungle Book, Midnight Special. Yeah, you've missed some great ones. Yeah. Um, but no, good to be back. Um, this week we're back with not the typical film we'd normally do, I think. I think mm-hmm. this is slightly lighter and fluffier. Yeah, out of our usual genre Definitely, categories. Yeah. So this is a Florence Foster Jenkins, which is out on Friday at the Curls on Canterbury and across England. Um, so directed by Stephen Frears, it stars Meryl Streep as a wealthy socialite who believes she is a great singer, um, but that's mainly thanks to her wealth, friends, and her husband's absolute like devotion to try and convince her that's true yeah she's, she's a terrible singer she's abysmal it was painful to yeah. listen to i thought they might dull that down a little bit for just our sensibilities in the audience but but no, oh, no. They yeah. Go for it. yeah but it's only when she decides she wants to sing in public in a larger scale that things become more complicated yeah, for her yeah. and those people around her um i think because i'd seen the trailer of this before and you hadn't seen any of her singing in the trailer yeah, not really. And they hold off for a long time before you see her sing. Oh, yeah, you don't know quite how bad she's going to be. Yeah, and then when it happens, it's absolutely just dire. And there's this really wonderful bit where someone else in the room is sort of experiencing that at the same time exactly. as you are. Exactly, they're in and, the same position you are, And yeah. nobody else is batting an eyelid. He is like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I think that's kind of where yeah. we were at for a bit. He was, are you guys hearing this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I said it's lighter and fluffier. I think there are elements of melancholia and yeah. sadness and yeah, tragedy. Definitely. It touches on a, like a few really sad things about illness yeah. and growing old and sort of your dreams maybe not coming true. Yeah, and just the idea of someone um, being so deluded by their own fantasy that no one has the heart around them to tell them the truth. I yeah, think. or um, they couldn't take the truth. So. Yeah, exactly. And they just think that they've been so sort of like wrapped in cotton wool mm-hmm. that it's, it's gone too far now. So let's start talking about sort of the characters and the cast members. Mm-hmm. Um, so what better place to start than the title? Florence Foster Jenkins, played by Meryl Streep, 
who brings her game. Yeah, the wonderful Meryl Streep. Yeah. I don't think she's... Has she ever had a bad role, a I bad part? So. She's no. just incredible, isn't she? Yeah. She's a machine. And yeah, she does an amazing job here. It's yeah. not a typical role for her either. It's not actually, no. Um, and she does it amazingly. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of um, Hyacinth Bouquet from Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She really did have that air <laughs> about kind of her. She's very pompous and very obsessed with class and everything yeah. being proper. But also, she's really lovable, I thought. Yeah, I think she was really, like, genuine. It was something almost childlike about her yeah, and her definitely. life, that she'd yeah. never really quite grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's another reason for that, which I think we can get into a bit later on, yes. that I thought. Um, but yeah, so she's, she's kind of naive, in denial, oblivious to a lot of things around her, but she's so, like, jolly. Yeah, she is. And she also holds a lot of the power as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. in charge most of the time. Yeah, like, because um, she... Um, hires a pianist played by Simon Helberg who is going to help her become this great singer and there's a bit where she just barges into his room mm-hmm. unattended because often in the film you see her she's surrounded by people yeah she's almost chaperoned yeah. kind of at all times isn't yeah. she I think we'll talk about this scene a bit later on but I think this was my favourite scene actually yeah because yeah. it's her on her own she just goes out she's like okay I'm just going to go there and she's like oh, I was in the neighbourhood so I just thought I'd barge in and it's kind of the only time in the film you don't see her censored by the people around her too much she gets Definitely, to sort of yeah. express herself yeah and, and she tells him things about her past and yeah. it's a really nice moment but <clears throat> yeah it's the time she's really in control yes um, so as we said there is some tragedy in the film um, amongst this sort of um, comedy um, and I think that this tragedy which we'll talk about later it gives the film like, a weight to it mm-hmm. and it grounds it a bit yeah and I wasn't really expecting it you, no. you get a little touch of it early on and you think yeah. oh Something, something not quite here. right there and then it's not picked up again for ages so you almost forget yeah. really you think oh, yeah. it's probably not an, an issue because obviously we should say maybe we have said that it's based on a true story yes oh yeah we should um, that, yeah. yeah so I was wondering if that was just a part of the story that they chose to include but not yeah. necessarily touch, touch on but I think, they, yeah. they do and it works really well I think in spite of that it is still very light and fluffy mm-hmm. and they don't push that um, like edge as far as perhaps I wanted them to. Mm. Um, yeah, I could agree with you there. And I think um, that there's another film that's released a few weeks ago called Marguerite, which is the same story but adapts it to be in Paris. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you often get sort of like Hollywood films or, come in twos. Yeah. yeah, or British remakes of like foreign language films, but yeah. it's not usually yeah. the other way around. So yeah, it is funny that they've done it this yeah. way around. But from what I understand, that the Marguerite is a bit darker. Yeah. And. Um, goes down the sort of mental illness route. In her delusions rather yeah. than the kind of sort of bubbly, yeah. fun. And I think here, heavily, her delusion is played for laughs. Yeah. And I actually would say one of the things I worried about with this film is how often are we laughing with her? And, and at how, her. Or at yeah. her. Because, you know, there were times when I thought, oh, this is supposed to be funny. And almost felt like, actually, it's only funny because... Yeah because I'm laughing at her and that's not great. I think another film that kind of played with that a bit recently was Eddie the Eagle. I don't know if you okay, saw that one. Yeah. Um, so the story of the British ski jumper who was not very good at all. Yeah. And I think in that one, you laugh with Eddie. I okay. think, and, and it doesn't, you don't have that same sense of, yeah, yeah, of like kind of guilt and that okay. you do, I think, in this film every yeah. now and then. I think definitely early on, so when you first hear her sing, it is a very funny moment, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where um, the piano player is in the lift. Yeah, Simon, Simon Helberg, yeah. his face is and very expressive. Just, so what he's he's so he's in so much shock about the, the, this woman that he thought was his 
that like you know amazing talent is terrible and he's in the lift and he's his face just slowly creases and just can't control himself I that, thought that was a really it's funny it's really scene. funny yeah. and it's so relatable isn't it there's so many times where I find myself in public and I'm remembering yeah. something funny and I'm like I'm when, you, when you really shouldn't have laughed I can't yeah. laugh now everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm mad and he has that in that lift full of these sort of yeah. upper class people <laughs> so yeah this um, yeah the comic elements of the film are given priority over sort of tragicness but yes. I think Meryl Streep has a very good balance. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. She's kind of outside of that because it's put upon her, the comedy. Yeah, she has no than, idea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I guess the second lead, and someone I think is almost in it as much as Meryl Streep, actually, has as much screen time. Yeah, I agree. Is um, um, Hugh Grant as uh, Florence Foster Jenkins' husband, uh, Sinclair Bayfield. Great name. There's a lot of great names. I don't think we yeah. touched on Cosme Moon. Cosme Moon, Moon yeah. <laughs> oh, genius. Yeah, I think it's equally about him as well, in a way. I think you can argue that it's more about him. Yeah. It's about sort of his life and how he he looks after her yeah. and he manages her. And, you know, the life he has with her isn't very normal. Yeah. And about how he keeps up a normal life on the outside of that yeah. and balances those two. I often think you follow him yeah. a little bit more than her. Absolutely, yeah. I think as well, um, I don't think there's a spoiler to say that he is having what seems to be an affair yeah. with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. Not the actual Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> but, um, Rebecca Ferguson of Mission Impossible yes Rogue Nation and the White Queen mm-hmm. um, so initially you think oh he's a bit dastardly he's a bit of a sort of yeah. schemer he's yeah. just with her for the money you do see that quite early on yeah. with her and I saw it and I thought no 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 because yeah. you've seen him being so loving and so yeah. kind um, I think there's almost a paternal vibe between uh, Florence and Sinclair. Yes. Um, but he clearly cares for her a lot. And then he, mm. you see him with her very quickly, and I was like, oh no, this isn't going to be what I thought it was going to yeah. be. It's horrible. But actually... I think, yeah, he's very warm and very loving mm-hmm. to Florence, <clears throat> but just misguided. Yeah. I mean, he goes so far to prevent her seeing the truth that she's told Sinclair. Bribing um, critics... Buying all the newspapers in yeah. a lot I was wondering radius. how much money have they got because he they is seem to have bribing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed, from what I read, it seemed to be she's inherited a lot of money. I see. And that's where it all comes from. And also, I mean, it's very opulent where they're living. Yes. It's, it's in a like, hotel. Yeah, in the top of a hotel. In and New like York. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And yeah. I think that's a great. Um, I think we should chat about the set and the costume yeah. design and stuff oh, yeah. later. It's amazing. Definitely. I think this is a film that's very well crafted. Mm. And it really nails the um, 1940s New York era. Yeah. yeah. So do you think with Sinclair that he's... Because he, go, he goes so far. Is that because he loves Florence or is that because of monetary gain? Because the film is slightly unclear. Yeah. I, I, th- I know what I think about it. So I would say I was on the fence. I was hopping between okay. the two because it is very... His time with her is very tender. It's yeah. very loving. And he, he does care for her. But as I also said, I think it's a little bit paternal. And mm. so part of me was thinking, what was it? You know, has he met someone he thinks he can put up with mm. and deal with for the, the cash? Because, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. What about you? I, I think he generally loved her yeah. from what I saw. But... It just, just in a misguided way, and I think he just got sort of he entrapped himself mm-hmm. in this lie that she's a great talent that he just had no way out of it, so he just had to do everything he had could. To keep going. Yeah, yeah, and there's actually this really uh, lovely little moment where he, I think he's explaining to Cosme how mm. how his life works, and he just sort of says that love takes many forms, and of yes. course he loves Florence, and it kind of he says that their love trans- transcends, transcends physical physicality. Yeah, yeah. He can get 
think what he wants physically from uh, Rebecca Ferguson's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. And that they have a kind of emotional, yeah. spiritual connection. And yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting way to think about life. And yeah, definitely. I think as well, what we were saying earlier, that his efforts to prevent her finding out the truth, like running out and buying the newspapers mm-hmm. and bribing with people, is played for laughs, but there's also something sad about it, that this is his life, that he's yeah. just preventing one person from living what their life is. Mm-hmm. Um, and caring about someone yeah. that much to go to that extreme. Definitely, yeah. So I guess the third lead would be um, Cosme McMoon, the yes. piano player, Simon Helberg, who you know as Howard Wolowitz from The Big Bang Theory, if you watch The Big Bang Theory. He's an actor who's kind of known for like doing impressions mm-hmm. in America, and he kind of brings... He, he makes uh, Cosmo McMoon a real character, I think. Yeah. Not a caricature, though, I think, because he's very camp. Yeah, he is very camp. But I didn't find it, um, like... Because often in films, a camp character is there as the comic relief and is like the funny sidekick that comes on screen, is very flamboyant. Yeah, no, he's not, he doesn't do that. He's, I think he's there to be, so, well, he feels like you in that journey. Yeah, Because he's understanding and it's unravelling for him at yeah. the same pace as the, as the audience. And I think that's great to have someone along that journey because else it could be very confusing as to what's yeah, going on. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah, un- like things that are revealed very slowly, yeah. often through Cosme's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I, I just liked his because I haven't seen the, uh, this kind of character for a while. I think this kind of he's very kind of effeminate, but not yeah, but it's not mocking him in no. that respect, no, uh, it's which just I quite like. Yeah, and yeah, as we said, so he auditions to be her uh, piano player, thinking that she's this great talent, and him finding out that she's a terrible singer is great, and then him in the lift is hilarious. But there's also this very sweet scene later on. She goes to his apartment, and he's just in his vest. It's kind mm-hmm. of a crimey little apartment. He's lifting weights. He's lifting weights, yeah. He turned out, and he turned out to be a weightlifter yeah. in real life. I is... think that spoils anything, just to know that that's the end of his story. It's <laughs> very funny. Um, do you think maybe Cosme is kind of the child that they never had in a way because there's a scene where she sort of says oh I'm sorry I never gave you a child oh that's so heartbreaking that really reminded me of uh, I don't know if you watched 45 years with Charlotte Rampling yes yes there's a scene where they discuss the fact they never had a child and I think that's actually quite an interesting thing that films like looking at at the moment is what it means to be an older couple who never had a child and what's kind of left behind of them Yeah, yeah certainly and yeah so there's that scene there and I just the way that she sort of opens up to him and the way that Hugh Grant almost like takes him under his wing when mm-hmm. they go to parties and places yeah. like that. I thought there's a kind of like a parent-child relationship a little bit with them. Yeah, and so as you just mentioned the party, can we just take oh, a little yeah. moment to talk about <laughs> Hugh Grant's dancing? dancing? Oh, yeah. I think it tops Hugh Grant in Love Actually. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So many arms. Oh my goodness, it was so, so funny. Much flailing, yeah. It's worth watching the film. Like honestly, for that scene alone, it was unreal. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to haunt Hugh forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think the film is almost a screwball comedy at times, but yeah, it seems like that. Yeah, it is. It is. It kind of goes from the pathos straight into yeah. these like and you've got hilarious running around things. with like people wearing um, like fedora and trilby hats running. Around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's a dance scene and then there's a funny chase scene. You know, yeah, is, definitely. Yeah, I, and I think Hugh Grant, generally, I think this is the best performance he's given in a very long time. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. He's not there. just being Hugh Grant. He, he's not. He is not just being yeah. the foppish no, he is kind of still he's, he's still playing an English gentleman. An but earl, he's, An actually. earl. Yes. But he's still very just 
there's just more to him here. Yeah, it, there's. I think Hugh Grant's been great at knowing his kind of type and his role because yeah. um, he he is he's got the floppy hair and he's got that kind of um, you know dastardly grin and things. But yeah. there's nothing dastardly really about him in this film. No, there's not. And maybe that's why it took me a little while to realise mm. that he was genuine. <laughs> so I'm so used to him being like Daniel Cleaver and Bridget Jones. <laughs> yeah. We think that's what he's like in real life. Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Hugh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we mentioned that her singing is horrendous. Do you think they maybe overdid that? Well, I'm not. I thought maybe yes because it hurt my yeah. ears to <laughs> such an extent. There was a time I looked over at you and you yeah. were like, "Oh." Yeah, like, um, but apparently, no. Apparently, she was that yeah. god awful. Yeah, I tried to listen to a little clip of her singing, and okay. I think they put her singing in at the end of the film. Actually, she only made they one do, recording, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Apparently, her illness had sort of I'd read this as well. Yeah, role in that. yeah. Um, it's also crazy to think that this actually happened. Yeah, that people <laughs> let her get away with this, and then like Carnegie Hall is sold out. Yeah, but partly because they, they people thought it was funny. Yeah, and that's the kind of the tragic thing is, yeah. do we think people thought it was funny because they they sort of loved her and they were in on it with her and in or, that kind yeah. of Eddie the Eagle, yeah. oh it's so funny, bless it. like you know we're with him, he's rubbish, yeah. but he's doing it anyway. Yeah. Or but because she was so deluded, just thinking she was good. People were mocking her because it seemed a lot of the time her. people were mocking her. Yeah, there's a there is a scene yeah where the whole yeah. sort of crowd, crowd is, is mocking. Love, yeah, and that was one of the most heartbreaking scenes I thought because mm. that's the first time she realizes that something's off. And then she sort of turns and looks at Hugh Grant and it was like, oh no. Yeah, and you can see it in their faces. And that's because she's had this sort of childlike wonder and naivety the whole way through. And in in her face the whole way, you know, this sort of beautiful sereneness about everything. And when to see that crack was... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Really sad. Definitely, yeah. Um, so before we get to spoiler territory, um, there's a scene where she's sort of uh, testing out piano players and one of them is sort of more modernist mm-hmm. and he sort of plays it very loudly and it's, all, it's more eclectic than, you know, it's not classical and she's, you know, she doesn't like it and she favours the traditional pianist 
And I kind of think that's the film's approach, mm-hmm. that it's not trying to be new or a mod- particularly modern or experimental or anything you haven't typically seen before. It's just trying to be nice, classic, tell this story as it is yeah. without upsetting anyone. A well-made film. Yeah, it's and that's a not a criticism story. because sometimes you just need that. It's yeah. I think often when you're telling um, true life tales, mm-hmm. you kind of need to have the true life should have priority over... The direction yeah i agree definitely i think it's i think from reading up about the story it's tried to remain yeah. very faithful to the original and story yeah, yeah i was going to say actually because often with these things based on true story doesn't really mean that much mm-hmm. but having looked at it it this was very faithful mm-hmm. yeah well like the danish girl for example that um was around at oscar mm. time was based on a true story but actually um, when you looked into it hardly any yeah, of that was true at all yeah, yeah it really did and so I think it can actually be quite unfair to give yeah. to use these people's names and say that this was their life yeah exactly when yeah. it's not especially when it's all these years later and most people are only going to know about them through the film yeah no one's there to defend themselves yeah exactly yeah. Um, so anything to add before we um, ruin the end of the film uh, I just think if you haven't seen it yet, go watch yeah, You Can't Do His Dance. I think a lot of people are going to see this. Yeah, I hope so. I think people will always see Meryl Streep. Yes. And they should. And also, it's actually Meryl. great to see Hugh Grant and Meryl together. They've never acted together no. before. And apparently, he was in semi-retirement until yeah, he heard that he could uh, act upon... Uh, act with Meryl yeah, Streep. Yeah, with Meryl yeah. Streep. And, say and you would. In. Yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> you would, definitely. I think it's good just to see these actors who you've known for so many years now Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, on screen together and just doing a really good job. Yeah. And it's still great to see Meryl Streep, a woman of her age, lead a film. Yeah. Yeah, she's unstoppable. She's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And also, it's great to see Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant, who are of similar ages As in a relationship couple, yeah. together. And we, yeah, we know that he does have he does have an affair, but still, they are a couple. Yeah. And it's, it's it makes sense. And yeah. that's what couples should look like. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're very used to seeing a lot older yeah. men with young, young women. Very, and Yeah. Yeah. It's great. This very, very different. Yeah, it's a fun film. Yeah. It's very jolly. It's got a lot of energy. There is sort of a sad undertone, but I think if you're up for just something nice and lighter mm-hmm. than perhaps what uh, we've discussed in the past few weeks, then I think it's one for you. Yeah, definitely. This is the film for you. Okay, so now we're going to discuss um, sort of uh, plot revelations that weren't in the trailer and that we think are better if you go in unknown. So the thing that really shocked me was that she has syphilis. Yeah. Because that's that's a um, an illness that I think is really quite unexplored in film and something yeah. I haven't really seen much about. So when because you see him put her to bed, and he does put her to bed, like mm-hmm. you're saying, quite paternally, mm-hmm. and he and then so he tucks her in, and then he takes off her wig, and I was like. Oh, some sort of cancer, etc. Yeah. But then you then, you said like, but they like chemotherapy didn't really exist in like the I did, yeah. I was like, did it exist? Yeah, we were sure. She wouldn't have lost her hair. Yeah, and so we're like, what what could be wrong? And I had no idea syphilis made you lose all your no. hair. No, well, I think it's the medication. Oh, like is it the mercury and the um, arsenic? Oh, I, I see. Think that's what makes and that's what makes her weak. And I've also read that this is what um, maybe added to her delusion. Oh, that it was the yeah, medication. Well, actually, mercury's pretty bad for you yeah so that could have added to it and that's very sad i think it's always sad to see um an illness being explored in a time period where they didn't understand it as well and seeing the mistakes that are being made especially we know that syphilis is quite treatable now yeah Um, definitely yeah it's really really sad yeah and it does it does take a while for them to reveal what the illness is yeah you say that that she's ill and then she has a really bad turn and the doctor comes yeah and I think that's quite a nice way to reveal it because mm-hmm. he's not her regular doctor. He's no. a new doctor, so then he has to have things explained to him yeah. as if 
for the first time, so that worked out quite well. Because sometimes in films, like exposition is quite clunky. Like yes, definitely. Like, introducing stuff. Oh, hello, my sister. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello, doctor. Remember, remember, I have syphilis. Like, yeah, and but, I think that's what this does really well. As we kind of saying, it's very natural. It's very yeah. like in that kind of everything is just happens, and you you're not that confused. No. Um. So yeah, that's revealed, and it's revealed that she got it from her first husband. Yeah. Who she eloped with to sort of in a sort of rebellious act. Well, the so I think seemed. her parents or her father at least cut her off for wanting to pursue a life of music because he thought it wasn't worthwhile yeah. and so she'd met this man who married her and sort of saved her a little bit in some ways yeah. but it's really sad when she kind of reveals that yeah. he was a bit of a philanderer well, and I think she uses the phrase he was a bit of an alley cat mm. which is quite because that's such a like innocent way to describe someone who sort of yeah. sleeps around a bit that's actually my mum's way of describing it <laughs> <laughs> my mum would be like that person's a real alley cat, real alley cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, um, it's yeah. really innocent. It's really innocent. Really yeah. But it just makes it even more tragic. Like, oh, and the, it's her wedding night. Yeah. That she contracts it. And it's it almost explains a lot, really, about how naive Definitely. she is. Because she didn't really get that chance to grow up. No. And when she tried to grow up, this happened to her. So that's why she's And then she needed this. protecting and looking yeah. after. Yeah. And which she, yeah, which she often does. And it also means that she can't um, have sex with St. Clair. Yeah. Um, and they can't have children. And he's, you know, I think in some films there'd be some sort of anger directed at her from mm -hmm. him. But he's, because I think their relationship's quite a nice relationship in many ways. Yeah. That he's like, no, that's well, okay, that's the life. You never job. see them argue, no, you never you see know. anything <clears throat> be wrong. They, to be yeah. fair, for all, all intents and purposes, they have the perfect it's marriage. Quite healthy, it's quite well, healthy. Yeah. And she knows, you find out about his, well... She knows what she wants to know about his other life with another woman. Yeah. It's basically what you know. Yeah, it's almost like she's just too innocent to, like, yeah. care that her husband sleeps with another woman. Yeah. And she sort of thinks, that's not really important to me. Like Yeah, he's there for her yeah. when she needs him. Yeah, apart, exactly. apart from there's one little moment where that cracks, isn't there? Yeah, and she goes to the house after the party, which, again, is a, quite a funny scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. There's a bit of big party, and so... Um, St. Clair lives with or spends the nights with um, yeah in this other apartment yes. with Rebecca Ferguson's yes. character I can't remember her name can you? no it's gone Damn. oh Kathleen. Kathleen that was her name um, yeah spends the nights with Kathleen and yeah. obviously and then Florence turns up and she shouldn't turn up and they've had a party yeah. and so they quickly run around trying to yeah. hide everything and um, but it's all that's the thing it is all kept nice with Florence at that point she doesn't really yeah. know what's going on they, she, she sort of thinks that Oh, the Peter, it's a, you know, Cosme's just had a, a bit of a bender. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she's like, I'm very disappointed in you, kind of like. Yeah. Kind of. And then you see it from Kathleen's point of view, who's had to hide in the cupboard. Yeah. And you know, she has got a thankless, thankless mm. life there. She's sort of living, she obviously loves Sinclair. Yeah. She's living with him in this lovely apartment, but she's only living half a life. Yeah, she's living in the, she's constantly living in the shadows and like, just has to yeah. keep by the side of everything that ever happens. Living yeah. in the shadow of the person that he, yeah. would you say really loves or loves in the kind of, like a, a, a meeting more, of yeah, minds kind perhaps, of way and perhaps. what she just, just there yeah. for. I think it's, a, we said it's healthy relationship, but it is also very complex as yeah. well. Um, Sinclair and um, Florence, mm. definitely. So I think as well, there's one there's one um, thing we, that she has. She has a fear of, like, pointy objects. Actually, does that ever get explained? That doesn't get explained. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but, well... I mean, it would be really kind of... bizarre if it's not true. Yeah. And they've just decided to pop that in. <laughs> not explain well, it at all. 
But you what can see that's a kind of Freud thing. Do you think? Because sex, sex has ruined her life essentially, yeah, so now yeah. she has a fear of pointed objects. Like I don't know. Objects. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, potentially. potentially. We well, only really see that come to light. So St. Clair mentions it to Cosme, who's like, don't smoke, don't, don't point don't objects point, yeah. around Miss Jenkins yeah. or whatever because she can't handle yeah. it. And you kind of forget about it. And then when she goes to visit Cosme in his apartment, yeah. she drops a knife and has a real sort of fit about it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. I maybe. Because a while during the film, I was thinking, oh, you know, this husband that she had, maybe he was kind of a bit threatening, a bit abusive. Yeah. And maybe that's why she's scared or yeah. something like that. But I, maybe you're right. I don't know. It is, it is, a, it is a strange plot point yeah. that's dropped very quickly. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so back on the top board, we were saying that um, Cosme could be kind of a child figure to them. Mm. She puts him in her will. Which yes. I think also adds to that. Yeah, and so there's this kind of mystery of don't ask her what about the her briefcase. briefcase. Oh, it's which... going to be like a pop fiction type <laughs> thing. Like yeah. You never find out. <laughs> so that's what's in the briefcase. <laughs> but it's, it's her will, and she yeah. decides to write Cosme in to her will. Yeah, that was quite a nice moment as well. Yeah, well, I think it was almost a recognition of everything he'd done for her. Yeah. Because he also, to be fair, kind of had to sacrifice being a serious pianist Yeah, himself. and I think when you see at the end, <clears throat> which these... Tr- <clears throat> true life biopics often do this person ended up like this until they yeah. don't so and you find out that Cosme didn't stay on to be a piano player he um, became a like, weight, weightlifting a judge at yeah. weightlifting competitions and bodybuilding shows and I think that it kind of yeah it's, he basically had to give up his career because he was just constantly associated he would have surely just been associated with the woman that couldn't sing and it just a bit of a joke yeah and, like, you see him wrestling with that a bit and yeah. he almost doesn't turn up to Carnegie Hall to play for yeah. her but he kind of realizes that she needs him and he cares for her in yeah the same he's way. going to call because Sinclair says to him oh I think Florence really rather loves you and I think you love her too yeah and I think he does I think he has like They've got this, I think of, she's the kind of woman that's hard not to love, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's very hard to say no to, yeah. which I think is what the whole film like, yes. shows you, that no one can say no to this woman. And that's how it yeah. gets this far. And yeah. actually, maybe sometimes it would have been kinder to have said so no. no. Yeah. So what did you think about the moment Florence finds out the truth? How did you think that went down? So it's kind of a half reveal and then another big reveal. Yeah, because she's revealed at the concert when they laugh and then suddenly... A woman in the audience who's been who's cropped up this little blonde yeah, kind she's of she's kind of this kind of, of like bombshell yeah. been married to someone who's a real yeah. music lover and yeah. and thinks that Florence is good. I don't know if he, he's seen that. She, yeah, she yeah. is a Betty Boop, and I kind of was annoyed by her throughout she's most very of the annoying, film. Yeah. She's like, well, it's just such a caricature, and I get sick of women being represented yeah. like that. Um, but she does stand up for Florence. Yeah, which I guess because she's seen her a couple of times now and has maybe warmed to her and kind of understands a bit more but it was this was probably my least favourite part I yeah did because I kind of wanted them to go with it like they all laugh at her Florence sees that the whole the whole of Carnegie Hall is very loudly yeah. laughing at her she's invited all these um it's quite sad as well that she's invited all these soldiers because she thinks she's doing a really nice thing. Yeah, because she hears on the radio, doesn't she, yeah, that the soldiers... Yeah, missing in action and... Yeah, and it's making them feel better. Got wise, that kind of attitude yeah, to it. Yeah. And it's like, she's doing something really nice, but then they're all laughing at her, which is quite sad. And, then and they're all she, drunk and not taking it seriously. Yeah. And it's not what she's experienced at all because yeah. she's so sheltered. She's, she's experienced polite to, like, clapping in her and, and socialites, yeah. 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 And she sort of looks at Sinclair like, what's going on? And you're like, oh God, this is the moment. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly... The sort of the bombshell character stands up and goes, "Stop laughing at her." Yeah, 
And then everyone, they sort of, st- people eventually just turned up and clap her. And I thought that, it was kind of nice. It, yeah, it was kind of nice. But maybe if she'd have come off stage and realised after that with St. Clair. Yeah. And realised that she wasn't a good singer. Yeah. But isn't it amazing that people bit... come together like that? Or yeah. something like that. Something or like to that. appreciate her life for what it was. But yeah. she didn't. You, I think you nailed it when you said it's a half reveal. Yeah. It's kind of just going halfway and it's like, oh, 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 oh nearly, not quite, yeah. 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 So the bit later on is when she actually manages to get hold of one of the newspapers. She finds out that Sinclair bought like, the whole, all the newspapers at this mm-hmm. new stand outside the hotel and threw them in the bin and then she finds it and she finds the review, which um, there is a review a left Carnegie Hall early. Yeah. And Sinclair tried to bribe him up to like £500. Yeah. Uh, dollars, Dollar. sorry. Um, Which she, would have been so much. Yeah. <laughs> she used to say, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. Hugh Grant, pounds. Um, <laughs> chasing him out and uh, it didn't work. And he just, Florence Foster Jenkins, worst singer ever. That was the headline yeah. of the review. And then she goes back to the hotel and faints. Yeah, and, and I head. kind of suppose it um, validates everything Hugh Grant, uh, St. Clair and Hugh Grant's character have been yeah. doing because obviously she can't take the truth yeah, at all. Definitely. And, and but that's obviously the worst way to find out. Yeah. That that's on her own. On her own in yeah. the newspaper that she knows the whole city's yeah. reading and it's embarrassing. How has everyone been laughing at me the whole time? She says yeah. on her deathbed and then Sinclair says, Oh, I never laughed at you, which Ooh. was a really nice moment. That was really lovely. Yeah, actually, that was very, very sweet. <laughs> Sweet little Hugh yeah. Grant moment. I was never laughing, but um, that's. I think that's the one bit that's not uh, true because, uh, from what I read, she had a heart attack in a music shop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is the one bit they changed. Yeah. But you've got to give them a little bit. Yeah. Of oh, oh yeah. Definitely. Anyway, I mean, compared <laughs> to like, what other things do, yeah. This yeah. Is, this and they needed yeah. that kind of resolution. I think it makes sense. Characters. It's kind of like oh, finding out about the truth is what killed her. Yeah. In a way, they show. But then she also seems to be her seen on her deathbed. Is, was a strange one mm-hmm. because on the one hand it's kind of like she accepts it how long has, it been, has everyone been laughing at me the whole time mm-hmm. she's kind of slightly jokey about it mm-hmm. but then she also has this very strange hallucination where she can fully sing and they're all on stage and she's in her angel wings yeah so I, I wonder I, if that's I'm, like kind of so they kind of said that the syphilis may mm-hmm. have like destroys her abilities to sing yeah. and what I don't know if how true this is that maybe she could sing before and oh, right, I don't okay. know like Over her time, dying yeah. it's her losing that illness allowing her to be free yeah. from that again and be okay. the person she wants to be I kind of read it like that yeah. but I don't know okay I yeah I wasn't sure because it, it seemed slightly that she still couldn't let go of this idea that she was deluded and yeah. she was a great singer even up to even till the end she mm-hmm. was still so convinced this is what she thought she sounded like the whole time and mm. But I'm not sure. It was nice to hear how she thought she sounded as well. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah. <laughs> she's all right. I wonder, was yeah. it Meryl Streep that sang? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure. Well, she has sung before, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. Mamma Mia, Into the she, Woods. She's not the worst in Mamma no. Mia by a long shot. <laughs> oh, Pierce. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just to wrap up, um, any final points? I think we've covered... What yeah. We can. Um, just I think it's a more than anything away from the singing, which um, so maybe it's problematic at times as to whether or not you're laughing with or with at her, her and yeah. how you feel about that. And it's up and down as well because I kind of think like once you find out the truth about her illness, yeah. it should be far more empathetic. Yes, to her, yeah. And it, at times it isn't. It isn't. She's still a joke. But I think my favourite part about this film is the relationship yeah. between Florence and her husband Sinclair yeah. and 
the way that plays out and it's a very interesting look on the sacrifices you make for yeah, love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins will be released uh, in cinemas on Friday the 6th of May. See you next week. Bye. Bye.